Well, in tonight's passage, um, we're going to look at Jesus, who just says, be on guard. But he's not saying, be on guard about this physical kind of violence. It's something else that he says, be on guard about, because it could undermine, or it will undermine, your relationship with God. So if you have your Bibles there, I would ask you to turn to um, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, and we'll read from verses 13 to 21. Luke 12, 13 to 21. It's the parable of the rich fool. Verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, the rest of the crowd, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then you will get what you have prepared for yourself. This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but he's not rich toward God. Many uh, thousands of people, no doubt, are gathering around Jesus by the time that this story, uh, this kind of incident happens. They're drawn by miraculous wonders that Jesus is doing, by the wise teaching that he's speaking. And all of a sudden, this guy kind of comes up in the crowd and he's bringing a family issue to Jesus that he wants him to resolve. The problem relates to himself and the fact that his father is kind of giving all the inheritance to the other brother. Now, at face value, the request for Jesus to kind of you know, judge is, you know, could be a fair one. All he's doing is asking Jesus, who he knows is pretty wise, to kind of you know, deliberate over the decision. The man perceives that Jesus is the wise teacher, so he asks for help. Sure, fine, that's all good. But Jesus doesn't respond in this friendly manner, does he? He says, who sent me to be a judge or arbiter over you? He wants nothing to do with this family issue. Instead, he throws a challenge back to the man. He perceives that in the man's request for equality, there's something deeper and more sinister at work. On the surface, all's good. Underneath, a festering wound. And Jesus says to the man, but turns to the crowd as well, he says, take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Now, greed must be a pretty kind of dodgy thing, pretty dangerous, because the challenge to be on your guard, it's a serious one, isn't it? It's not an encouragement to be paranoid, but rather to be super alert, to be super perceptive, discerning about this greed thing. So Jesus warns the crowd, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. 
And in the situation, Jesus sees this request, this battle for equality, it's all about greed. It's all about greed. The greed of the brother who didn't get any, who wants some more for himself. The cry might be, it's not fair, but the reality of the man's heart is that it's full of greed. He says, I want more for myself. I want some of this money for myself. I wonder if you, it rings a little bit for you as well. I know of a guy who um, he began to work uh, in his father's business when he was 17 years old. He worked in the business solidly for 20 years uh, where he took over time more and more responsibility until he was managing the business. Now, he had a brother as well, and the brother kind of uh, worked in the business but didn't fully kind of give himself over to it. He kind of didn't really get into it, and he kind of pursued these other areas of interest, um, you know, seeking different kinds of jobs, and only periodically worked in the business. Well, when the father died... The son who seemed to love the business, he was given like 80% of the business and the other son like 20%. And like, you know, when you could imagine when this, the other son kind of found out, he was so upset. He just wanted his fair share, wanted his fair share so bad that it almost kind of ripped a divide in the relationship even between the two brothers. His cry was equality and fairness But his heart was like just greed. His heart wanted more, wanted more of this this business. So he puts it, Jesus puts a challenge to us, be on your guard. Well, what's so bad? What's so bad about greed? What's so serious about it that he's giving us such a strong warning? In short, Greed is dangerous to discipleship. Or greed is dangerous to your relationship with God. Greed can wreck your faith in God. So the parable um, unpacks it a bit more as Jesus kind of speaks this out, how it's or why it's so dangerous. So if you look with me at verse 16, we'll read through to 18. So we'll just briefly look at the start of the parable again. He says... Um, And he told them the parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he says, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. We have a great story. We have this guy, a great patch of land. You know, it must be rich and fertile soil and uh, a place where the rain falls at the right time, and the sun shines at the right time. And we just see that this uh, land, as a result, is producing like bumper crop after bumper crop. And the wealth of this guy is accumulating and accumulating. And he sees that he can't store it all. So he says, I'm just going to build bigger barns. I need bigger barns. It's a great plan, wouldn't you say? That's what you've got to do. There's nothing wrong with what he's doing at this stage, but... In verse 19, this is what his plan is. He says, after I've got all this kind of stored up, I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. So the hope of the man is to be set for the rest of his life. 
This is the first hint of self-seeking greed. The man's not building up his wealth and his possessions to be generous with it, to fulfil his responsibility to the poor around him. No, it's all about his own wealth, about his own security, about you know, making sure that his future is going to be all right. So check out, if you think of the, when he says, I and mine, all the things relating to himself, says, this is what I'll, I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to, um, to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. The guy's selfish. The guy's got abundance, but he's only going to use it for his own kingdom. So from the start of the parable, we see you know, a couple of reasons why we should be on guard against greed. And it kind of brings it into here if you just kind of look at it a bit deeper. And the first thing is misplaced trust. Misplaced trust. We see the greed of the man, it's led him to put his trust on wealth. He's trusting in his money for his future. Doesn't put any trust on God the powerful God of the universe who ironically has provided him with the land and the great soil and the beautiful weather that's producing the crops. No, he's just trusting in the money. Now, each one of us here tonight, we really need to think through this point. Have we got any misplaced trust in wealth? Have we put our trust in money for the security of our future instead of God who actually provides the wealth? You know what I mean? Our mind, is it so occupied, so focused on the need to get wealth? So we're just thinking, I've just got to get this job. I've got to, I've got to get this university course so I can get this job, so that I can make me a load of cash so I can have a good life. You know, are we, could we be doing this, filling our minds with trusting in wealth, no space for God, and he just gets squeezed out. Now, money, this is important in our society, don't get me wrong. It's a tool that we use to kind of live in our culture. But it can't ever be the primary focus or where our trust is primarily on, because that's taken the place of God. So have we misplaced our trust? Have you misplaced your trust, your focus in life? Okay, secondly, another issue with greed, the problem of our hearts being given over to that, is that we neglect being generous to others. So he says... Like, I've got plenty of stuff. This is my plan. I've got plenty of stuff. I'm going to build my barns. And then I'm just going to cruise through the rest of my life, enjoy life for myself. So even with abundant possessions, he's just being selfish, building his own kingdom. He could be a a humongous blessing to the people around him. He could just bless people's socks off. A while ago... You know, there's great, bless- there's great blessing in being generous to those around us. There's great blessing. A while ago, uh, a friend of mine 
uh, Hilke and his sister flew down from the Northern Territory and uh, they were rushing to see their father, who was quite sick. And uh, they had a problem. They needed transport. So Michelle and I decided that, oh, what we'll do, we'll go to the airport, we'll meet them there, we'll give them, like, one of our cars so they can drive um, down to Alexandra. We thought, this would be cool, you know, it was a bit kind of like, oh, will he crash it, that kind of thing, but kind of got over that, and we went down there, we, we made him a little hamper, we got some Earl Grey tea in a thermos, because he likes Earl Grey tea, and, um, you know, got some fruit and some snacks, just for the road trip home, and um, they loved it, it was a, a blessing for them. But then, it kind of, it came back to us, a bit as well. So, I mean, they had the car for three weeks and um, they were going to Alexandra and then they went for a little holiday in Tassie for a while as well. A bit of a road trip in my car, which is all well and good. I didn't know about it until I got back, but... <laughs> when I got back, when they got back, they'd actually replaced the battery, they'd kind of bought new tyres for it, they'd given it a wheel alignment and I'm going, oh, I love this generosity, this is great. Like, having my car and next time I think the suspension's a bit wrecked so you can tinker on that. But it's great. It's a great blessing to be generous to people. And when you trust in money, you kind of hold on to it and you don't want to let it go. It's a blessing to others, a blessing to yourself. God's honoured by it as well. So where greed kind of stunts your faith and takes your trust that you could give to God, being generous is just the outworking, what you can do freely when you're trusting in God. You don't hold on so tightly to the coin. We need to be on our guard against greed and on our lookout for times where we can be generous to other people. Well, the story doesn't finish there. The man's greed has one last devastating effect, the final twist to his misplaced trust. In verse 20, this is what happens. But God said to him, You fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Rich man, you can just imagine him thinking about the awesome future, the, you know, the kind of the travelling overseas and the adrenaline-based activities and whatever else he's going to do. And he gets this rude shock. And the shock basically is, you're wrong. Your focus is all wrong you're dying tonight. You build possessions for yourself and you can't even use them. You're focused on this life and you've neglected your eternity. He's given no attention to the fact that one day he's going to die. He's going to meet God and then he's going to give an account of how he's actually related to this God and how he's kind of lived his life. He spent so much focus and time on wealth, he's missed it. Misplaced trust. A misplaced focus for life. So where is your trust? Where is your focus? You know, is it in Jesus tonight? Is your focus and your trust in Jesus? Because I don't know about you, but I know when, when my focus shifts a little bit, I know when I'm kind of um, occupied with, with the things of this world. For me, it's, I'm looking at houses more in paper. That's my sign. I'm going like, man, I really want this house, but like, whoa, just, you know, it doesn't have to be my focus, my priority. 
Our supreme focus in life must be on God. As followers of Christ, we cannot let anything take this focus. So we must be on our guard against greed. Well, at this point, we've looked at the need to be on our guard and we've looked at the reasons for why we need to do this, so primarily because it wrecks our relationship with God and it prevents us from being generous. But I think we need to um, kind of look at... Uh, I think there's, there's one more thing, anyway. Verse 21. says, This is how it will be for anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich toward God. Where the problem for the uh, rich fool was greed, storing up things for yourself, the solution to the problem of greed, you know, the alternative, is to be rich toward God. Is to be rich toward God. So the first part of this, trust in God, not in your wealth. And to kind of get out of greed... You might need to do this for yourself. Perhaps tonight you're trusting more in wealth and and not in God. Well, tonight, maybe for you, maybe for you it's you need to come to God and repent. Maybe that's where the restoration project starts. So your life is a bit intermixed, trusting wealth and God, and maybe tonight you've just got to come and, and surrender and say, God, please forgive me. Tonight I pull down that wealth that's on that throne and I want you to be the king of my life that might be what it is for you if it is, certainly don't, don't delay that when you have Jesus as the prime focus of your life you're in the only place that you can be able to overcome greed submit our lives back to, to Jesus tonight and if our problem you know where sometimes you kind of you trust in money because you feel like that's what's going to get you through life or that's what's going to help you out, have some encouragement from verse 27 and 28 where Jesus says, Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labour or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. And if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown in the fire, how much more will he clothe you? Are you of little faith? So don't trust in wealth, trust in God. Don't worry, because He's the powerful creator of the world and wants to provide for you. Now, the second kind of application point relates to being generous. So, with dependence and trust in God, so once you dethrone wealth, Stop trusting in that and say, I'm sorry, God, I want to trust in you. Once you do that, you are set free to be generous. You're set free uh, by the kind of the binding of money that says you need me to live. You're set free to be generous. All things come from God. So you can see your home, your inheritance, your wage, your food. It's all from God. So be generous. Be wise with your money, but be generous. Actually seek out ways that you can just bless people. It's actually quite enjoyable. It's actually quite enjoyable to give stuff away. And even uh, uh, Jonathan briefly mentioned it, that we weren't even asking people for kind, of, for kind of a gift for the extensions last week. But people gave $11,000. There's someone out there that loves giving. 
Get into it. It's great. So find people around you that might need wealth, that might need some of your money or how you can bless them. Give them clothes, give them money, give them food, give them your car. Be generous. And while we're giving to people around us, I'd encourage us to give to God's church as well. And if you're, this is your home here, this is kind of your outlet, your key outlet for that. These things are good, you know, like food and clothes, and we need them for this life, but invest in the church. Invest in God's kingdom business that lasts for eternity, lasts forever. Be generous to the church. Invest in the church. I just want to close. In the parable of the rich fool, just kind of hear it resounding. That's be on your guard against greed. Be on your guard against it. Because Jesus knows that when your heart is given over, it's just going to steer you away from God. It's going to wreck your relationship with Him. And instead, be rich toward God. Trust in Him. Give Him your life. And be free to be generous to all those around you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to praise you tonight and we want to thank you, Lord, that uh, everything we have comes from you. Lord Jesus, tonight we want to say that um, where we have trusted in money, where we have put our focus in life and to wealth, God, we are sorry. And right now, God, we repent of that and we ask for forgiveness, Lord Jesus. We only want one God. We only want you to be first. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for your forgiveness. That even right now we're right with you when we ask in faith. And Father God, help us be generous. Help us be free to just see the need around us and be generous with our wealth. Not to be like the the rich fool, Lord, but to give to you, to give to those around us, to give to your your work uh, here in this church. Father God, we love you. Be glorified in our life in every part, even in in our wallets, Lord. We thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Bill. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, that's the kind of message I need to hear over and over again. Um, Living in this world where, you know, materialism has become our God. And uh, for me, it's such a great reminder. I wonder for you, it might be just good for us now to spend some time responding. And in your news sheets, there's a blue card. And just love you to to fill out the blue card. It'd be great if everyone here could. And and, um, on the back, there's prayer requests, place for prayer requests. Where you can just pray for strength in this area. Or you can pray for people that you know that are struggling at this time. Or... You can respond by saying, uh, you know, I'd like to put Jesus as Lord of my life. There's a spot up there that says, you know, I'm not sure um, about whether if I died today, I'd go to heaven. And if you just want to tick that, we'd love to chat to you about that and talk to you about it. Uh, why don't we just take a few moments responding? Let's, let's complete these cards now.
But now we come and we uh, give to God. And um, as we come, why don't we pray to, to Him now? God, we thank You that You've uh, given us so much in this life. In, in many ways, we have so much compared to the rest of the world. God, we're like the rich guy in the story. And uh, God, we just uh, love to give to You. We want to say thank You for all You've given us. And as we give now, God, we give as part of our worship to You. God, we, we love You and we thank You for blessing us with so many good things. And, and we give You our lives tonight as we give. We don't miss this opportunity to give our whole selves to You. So take it, God. This is our offering to you. Be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, as the offering bowls come around, put the blue card in. That